The Protectors of the Wood podcast. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 55, The World Tree Green Market Comes Alive. Phoebe was back in front of the toy store by 9.30 in the morning, a good hour before Gilligan was due to arrive. Sammy and Chester were unloading boxes from an old pale blue van, double parked in front of the coffee shop. Four white plastic tables were lined up end-to-end on the sidewalk, and hanging from the front edge was a long white banner with red letters announcing the World Tree Green Market. Whoa, that's a bold move. A spry, gray-haired man jumped out of the back of the van. That's it. Last one. I'm going to find a pocket. It's Tom Winkle. They're opening up the game. This produce is from the farms. About 20 boxes were piled on the curb, and each one had the Winkle family farm written on the side in red letters. Nearby was a pile of bulging burlap bags. Clearly, the four tables would not begin to hold the produce that could be sold on that beautiful Wednesday. The sun was rising in a clear blue sky. It wasn't outrageously hot, at least not yet. Hey, Sammy! Tom! Chester! Looks good! See you soon. Phoebe unlocked the gate and the front door and entered the toy store. There was no sign that Abby had ever been there, except the bolt remained open on the inside of the back door and the open padlock hanging by the side. Phoebe slid the bolt across and snapped the padlock shut. Then she began carrying tables from the basement out to the sidewalk, estimating that Sammy would need at least four. As she leaned the fourth table against the courtyard wall, Tom Winkle was waiting. These for us? Wonderful. We do need them. Glad you joined the club, Phoebe. You know, I may be old, but I can carry one of these. Phoebe and Tom set up the four tables in the long row and began organizing the boxes. A crowd had already gathered. Sammy and Chester were weighing and bagging produce, making sales to a line of customers extending along the sidewalk. The gorgeous corn, potatoes, basil, Rosemary, dill, tarragon, cilantro, 
finger beans, lemon cukes, potato squash, tomatoes, collards, peas, and lettuce were all overwhelming, spilling out like a horn of plenty. A barrel of tiny yellow grain turned out to be amaranth seed. Jars of the new honey lined one table, sharing space with jars of sunflower butter. An enormous sunflower head with countless seeds sat in the middle of the table for decoration, and the popular new variant of summer squash had its own sign on poster board, potato squash. Everything looked and smelled a little different than common produce, and some things were a lot different. It's all from windy seeds, but it's grown on the farms. Some of these seeds were started in the greenhouse where Dad and Chi-Chi practice archery. Soon the tables were full and a few boxes remained unpacked. <sighs> We've got more deliveries coming. Uh, anything else in the toy store we could use? I think so. You'll have to see. Phoebe and Sammy descended to the basement together and emerged with two more tables and set them up in front of the courtyard wall. So, how are you going to run this green market and the coffee shop all at once? Uh, well, just yesterday I took your advice and offered Stephanie a job. I found out they don't even pay her across the street. He nodded at the Hickory Securities storefront in between Scudder's supermarket and the Middletown Standard office. <laughs> They've got more money than all of us, and they don't even pay her. <laughs> She's getting college credits for being their receptionist. Uh, what a racket. We'd better watch out, though. That group has a lot to be angry about. <sighs> I know. But I'm glad I didn't delay. There was a message from Ellie on my phone this morning. Her parents won't let her work. What? I can't believe it. Why not? Uh, she didn't say. It was hard to understand her words. She was sobbing. Oh, Sammy. I'm so sorry. This is getting rough. Sammy didn't reply. He retreated back toward the line of customers, and Phoebe noticed people waiting by the toy store gate. Just a few more minutes. We'll open soon. Hey, Phoebe, how about some help? Phoebe turned to see Penny, standing alongside Jim's double park Jeep. She ran over and hugged Penny as if they had not seen each other in weeks. So great to see you. Joining the market? Hey, check this out. Jim opened the trunk. There were eight bags overflowing with breads and muffins. <laughs> what do you think? Did we bring too much? <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. Look at this beautiful day. And all the people. Sammy sold out yesterday. And Penny, I love your sign. 
I really admire what you're doing. We're all doing it. I'm happy being out here. I spend too much time in the kitchen. Phoebe noticed Gilligan drive by in his Mustang, looking for parking. Uh-oh. The boss. Gotta go. She walked back to the courtyard gate, considering the best way to handle the issues they would have to discuss. In a few minutes, she spotted Gilligan standing in front of the green market tables, staring at Scudder's store across the street. She turned and came up the sidewalk. I can hardly believe what's going on here today. I never saw anything like it. I hope it's okay that I let Sammy use a couple of our tables. That's okay. It's not a problem. But I know what you're worried about. There must be some pretty angry people across the street. Look, they're taking bags of Sammy's produce to their cars parked in Scudder's lot. That supermarket's nearly empty. I didn't know Sammy had the nerve. Look, there's George staring out the window with nothing to do. Phoebe and Gilligan waved, and then they walked through the courtyard into the toy store. After counting the change in the register, Gilligan called Phoebe over to the counter. Look, I've decided something. And don't try to argue. There will be no more riding of scooters or skateboards in the courtyard as of today. I want you to make up the posters, display them, and enforce the rule. I'll try. But I can't stand out at the gate all day. I'll make the posters. But these kids will try to ignore them. Unless someone tells them we're serious. Maybe after a few days, it will get easier, but... I could not be more serious. We'll pay that boy with the ponytail off the books for a few days. Get him in here. Okay, I'll do it. In fact, I'll set up a table at the gate and make the posters out there until Lewis arrives. And I'll make up a set of rules. Remember, we'll lose business if we ban all scooters and skateboards. We're just going to ban riding them. Kids will have to carry them into the courtyard and the store. That'll do just fine. Now, about this soccer playing in the back. I spoke to Sammy about that. He's going to bring the lawyer over to speak to you later in the day. I think we should do what the law will allow. I like that. What the law will allow. The noise of blasting car horns distracted their attention, and both Phoebe and Gilligan ran outside to see what all the commotion was about. There in the front of the coffee shop was Fred Peterson's horse-drawn market wagon stopping traffic. And in the opposite lane in front of Scudder's Market sat a giant 18-wheeler with Arma Agricorp written on the side. 
the two vehicles didn't leave room for a bike to go by. Traffic was completely blocked in both directions. Drivers opened their doors. Some even stood in the street to shout their rage at Sammy and Chester and the two men working for Scudder. I have an appointment. Get that heap out of the way. All unloading boxes as fast as they could manage. Others jumped in to help. Fred was standing by his horse, whispering into its ear and ignoring the hubbub. It's all right, girl. It's all right. You just stay calm. Just ignore all those people. That's a good girl. Ugh. I should pitch in, too. Gilligan headed down the sidewalk, ordering Phoebe back to supervise the cash register. She retreated into the store, smiling to herself. This was all working out better than she had hoped. Like spillover from a rising pool, people began to flow into the store, and Phoebe made a few sales. She noticed children with the new cucumber-like vegetable in their hands. Even some grown-ups were tipping their heads back and squeezing the juice into their mouths. Lemon cukes were catching on. Half an hour went by, and Gilligan ran back inside and waited impatiently while Phoebe finished with a customer. Those boys with skateboards are outside looking for you. And the chief has given Sammy a ticket and ordered him to remove his tables. Sammy and Tom are packing up. It's all a mess. The crowd is angry and the chief is trying to calm them down. He asks for you. I've got an idea. Everyone can win. Why don't you offer Sammy the courtyard for his tables? At least for today, if he'll keep good order out front. All the customers will come in here. The kids will have to behave better, and the chief won't have to deal with a bunch of angry citizens. Everyone will thank you for your generosity. You'll make money on it, and have a safer store. Look, people are coming now. Gilligan stood still for a moment, staring into space. Phoebe, you're a genius. Gilligan ran back outside. Two of the boys from the day before, carrying their skateboards, walked in with the new arrivals. Phoebe jumped up from behind the counter and walked out to meet them. How's Joel? He's okay. They kept him overnight, but his mom brought him home this morning. He's got five stitches and a big bandage and can't come out. What are your names? I'm Willie. And I'm Franklin. How would you guys like to pick out a bike helmet for Jabal? And one for each of you. It's free. A gift from the store. And don't forget to wear them. Tell Joel I said so. <laughs> sure. As they picked out their helmets, Phoebe looked through the display windows at people carrying tables and boxes up the sidewalk, accompanied by a massive crowd. 
Clearly, the day's events had become a public spectacle. She was sorry to miss the talk and emotional flow out on the street, but she was thrilled to be keeping a low profile, with Gilligan playing the role of good neighbor. It was all so perfect that she could hardly contain herself, wishing that Abby or Jeremy or George were nearby to share the glory of it all. And to her delight, Stephanie suddenly walked into the store, dressed in her upscale receptionist dress and medium-high heels. Phoebe, isn't this all so fabulous? Absolutely. But what about you? Did you quit? <laughs> I just walked out two minutes ago. Sammy said he offered you a job. And I accepted. But with all the action, I came in to tell you first. Let me be the first to say I'm so happy. Phoebe rushed over and jumped into Stephanie's arms. And I want to thank you for your wonderful advice. I've made good use of it, I hope. Stephanie gave her a significant look. That's what I hear. But watch out for complications. George just moved into the gas station, if you can believe it. He had a falling out with his parents. Not again. They're grounding Ellie. They say the coffee shop is becoming dangerous. Phoebe put her finger to her lips for quiet. The boys had been listening and now showed her their chosen helmets. She complimented them and asked for Joel to visit as soon as he might be out and around. The boys moved on to the soccer corner to look at the display of brightly colored soccer cleats, shining like some new form of candy. Stephanie came up close to whisper to Phoebe. Can you believe it? Dangerous? And that's part of the reason I walked out today. Bentley and his crew are telling people the same thing. Somebody's giving them talking points. I bet Scudder and his staff sound like that too. We've got to talk soon. Phoebe stepped to the cash register to make another sale. Onwards to Sammy's. Through heaven and earth, a tree is growing. Travel by secret ways like a shadow through our days. Follow me, come and see. We're climbing. Separate now, a journey no one knows. 
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.